Hello again, this is Charlie Belfontaine, and you're listening to the Homebuyer's Hour on WCPT AM 820. And today we're going to be talking about downsizing, but we're going to spend more time on the actual market statistics. And our guest today is Beth Repta. And right now I'm going to be doing a little switching of seats in here. But nonetheless, Beth has brought her computer in here with us. And she did that just so we can go ahead and give us all the stats to see where the market is going. And the bottom line is a lot of people think we're going to be in for a huge slowdown. And we're not trying to sell people into anything. But I think everybody's shaking their heads no because it's like all the indicators are saying fasten your seatbelts because things are going to go for a wild, expensive ride as it comes to it. But Beth, I gave enough about what we're going to talk about today. I would like you to introduce yourself, please. And... Tell everybody where you're located at, your phone number, how they get hold of you in other ways, and why you're my favorite real estate broker. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, Beth Repta with uh, Repta Residential of Keller Williams. I service the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And while technically we've covered, like, I don't know, 50 to 60 suburbs, so a wide a wide range. Um, my phone number, 847-668-BETH. How fun is that? I think that in like the year that. 2000. So it just, here we are. In the here we are year too. 2000. <laughs> Sounds good. 24 years. <laughs> Patrick, give us your intro, please. If any of you are Conan O'Brien fans and old enough to remember that skit. Um, in the year 2000. Yeah, no. We got, we got, we got time. It's fine. <laughs> I'm Patrick Loftus. I'm a real estate lawyer. I represent buyers and sellers of real estate in the Chicagoland area. I handle, I don't know how many suburbs we have, but I handle all of them. Um, you know, just whatever, man. You know, I think it's close it. to 90 is what it is. Close to Are you trying to upstage me at this point now? You're trying to upstage he me. He is. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I see, okay, so... Yes and no, right? You know, I, 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 you know, we're talking numbers today, and and so you know that was my attempt at you know ah. talking numbers. But you know, let's face it, uh, you, you when you service fifty to sixty suburbs, you're actually going to these places. Yeah. When I service the Chicagoland area, I service it from my office, and there's only one spot, so I don't necessarily have to um, physically be present in these places, and you know. In order to do that, that that takes time, and so you know, going from Cary to Tinley, that's your whole day, right? That is a whole. And how day. did they get hold of you? <laughs> Charlie's so sick of me already. <laughs> find me on social media. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Loftus underscore Law. Find me on TikTok, Loftus Law. And Joey, if you don't mind, give us your contact info. Joey Matthews, VA Loan Nerd, NMLS 1330694. You can find me on the interwebs as the VA Loan Nerd. Uh, you could find my website, thevaloanerd.com. You can call or text me at 630-235-2405. And my name is Charlie Belfontaine. Again, I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is 312-544-9180. Repeating, 312-544-9180. Our website is the home inspectors that's plural ors and it's a dot com and you know joey one of the things i like is when you give us the, your stats and your numbers and what's going on especially the pre-approvals um or pre-authorization and you know i'll never remember the difference between the two you're but talking, anyway you're talking pre-approval versus pre-qualification pre-approval is actually something that you can rely on if it's from the right broker pre-qualification is probably worth less than toilet paper <laughs> and but anyway, when you say that you're doing a whole bunch of those, I don't, I know that it's only a week's matter of time before our schedule starts getting booked up, and we're right behind you on that. So I, mm-hmm. I do want you to give us an update on what's going on with the with the market and the government. And I know they talked a little bit about a higher inflation rate in January than what was expected. What does that mean to you know your favorite person, Mr. Powell? And how he's going to do with the with the rates and what they're going to be making our higher for like. longer, higher for longer, Joey, for longer. Jo- no, Joey. Now, I just, yeah. before you start, I just want to remind you that just because Charlie talked about Jay Powell, you still have to be mindful not to swear. Okay. I'm I'm working on that. Uh, <laughs> my therapist is putting in overtime right now. Oh no, I mean, hey, so the, the consumer price index yesterday, um, the uh, core 
it, it came back literally a point two percent higher than anticipated, but 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 still at a two and a half year low, right? So the market reacted like way stronger than they should have. There was a monster sell-off in MBS. There was I mean, mortgage-backed securities. There was a monster sell-off in the 10-year treasury. We gained 20 bips in the 10-year treasury. 20 bips is basis points. That's 0.2. I mean, it's it's 0.2%, right? So yesterday was a garbage day for rates, um, probably up at least an eighth, probably a quarter, if we're being honest, from what you may have been quoted on a Friday last That's week, a right? It, it, it can be. Um, it is a way, it's a monster overreaction. Today is going to be a better day. Uh, traders are are recanting their sales yesterday. So we're seeing the 10 year treasury drop back below uh, 4.3 um, right now. And it, it, we're in for a correction today, and I would say through the end of the week. Uh, they're reassessing whether they think the first rate cuts are going to come. And they've been saying June for a while, right? They said March for a little bit until we saw a jobs report day two weeks ago. And then everyone's to put their bets on June. This does not change the bets for June. So there, it, it was a significant overreaction. We're going to see it come back down in earnest over the next couple of weeks. But man, yesterday, yesterday was stupid for still being at the a two and a half year low on inflation and having a sell off like that. It, it's um, it's unheard of. But anyway, keep buying. Keep buying. Bet jump in on that a little bit because no. At the end of the day, the the best investment anyone is going to make this and this stands the test of time, right? The the Buffets aren't the Buffets without fricket or uh, am I? Age <laughs> not the Buffets. Joey, no, it is. It is. I it's told Jimmy. You. you you don't know yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, he's a he's a good dude. I've I've been I've been on one man. Um, <laughs> Warren Buffett isn't really. Warren Buffett without real estate. Okay, so it's it's uh, it's the greatest investment you're going to make. It's the biggest key to generational wealth. I mean, of the, all the pillars of building wealth, real estate needs to be number one in your book, right? Can I and, can I jump in on that? Yeah, I was just absolutely. About to, yeah, oh my gosh, this is like the most beautiful segue ever. Okay, let's go. Let's have it. Let's have okay. some numbers. Appreciation nationwide: one year, five point six percent. Five years. 54%, 10 years, 103%. Can I stop years. you on that one? The 54% mark? I've always felt that typical appreciation is somewhere around 8 to 10%. I was corrected multiple times saying I 5 think is it's expected. Like six. And uh, that may be true, like but she just said 54% five, in 5 years. Five What's years. averages? Well, that's, but that's 10% a year. Well, that, am, am I dumb on math? Well, well think about there those were years. years. I mean, like I'm, 2000 I'm, to, you know first half of 2022 i mean oh, okay. that was absolutely insanity so that's all factored into there too average per average rate year over year as i think 4.3 or 4.86 i'm wrong over a 43 year average 4.86 percent of appreciation but that but get this and this is exactly what you're just saying over 30 years 297 percent. so it is the long game this is where the you know net worth comes in and i mean Absolutely. So you're right in saying, like, just buy. It's when like I first started on the fire department, I remember there was a, a district chief back then. I was making 24000 a year, all right, full-time firefighter paramedic. Which is like 150000 in today's dollars. And that's exactly <laughs> what the, you know, assistant chief guy was saying. By the time you retire, you're going to be making over $100,000 a year. And, I, you know, back then when you're making twenty four grand as a young guy, you know, all I wanted to do was make my age. That was the key thing for hmm. boomers, all right? <laughs> you know, laugh oh at me God. as you will. No, seriously, that was a big thing. Make your age. If I made my age, right? I'd be so, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> exactly. And that's the point yeah. I'm trying to make, how things have changed. And, you know, just just for a, a standard government job, you know, that you, we were increasing so much, inflation is always going to happen. You know, they, they built it into our system, I guess, is where I'm going at. And I don't mean to steal your thunder, but it's like, this is so true that you got to, you know, it, it's going to happen. And if you're not in the game, I'm, I'm having this conversation with my stepdaughter, <laughs> who, by the way, I'm a little upset with because she made fun. She caught me and busted me for wearing my fleece three shows in a row. And they're like, and oh, both her and my wife. I know, right? And so obviously now I'm afraid to even put that thing on again. But that's besides she's the point. She's watching a real estate podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but who's, she's who, 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 who's 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 the real nerd? Huh? I'm the real nerd. All oh, right, I'll know. leave it at that. But but nonetheless, it's it goes back to you know renting and owning, and 
And I, I really do like this generation of hers, but I just can't understand <laughs> the fear of owning. Well, it's because because right. you're in your own you're in your head, right? You're thinking from you know your experience, and and you know, as I've said before, we sit here and and we've you know done however many hours of of, of this podcast. But Beth, I want to I want to kind of transition this, or not transition, but kind of focus this on something that you talked about uh, wanting to discuss, which is that um, I think you said one in four people here in this country think that. We're going to experience a downturn, um, you know, something like t- 2008. Now, I hear it from our home inspectors, the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's like you talk about these aggregate numbers. Um, I don't know, aggregate is the right word, but, uh, you know, if you're in, in a home for 10 years, 20 years, five years, or whatever, it, what, what it sounds like to me is you've got a, a bunch of people who think they're going to time the market. They're going to wait until we have some sort of drop. But, like, like any other investment, timing the market is darn near impossible. You really have to just get lucky. Um, you know, that's that's my perspective. I mean, you know, can, can you talk more about that? I mean, here's why that's not going to happen. So you got three main factors. The biggest one is the housing shortage. And I just don't think anybody really is taking into consideration that over the past 14 years, we have underbuilt in this country. And we continue to even even with the, the, you know, the the demand, the, the supply of houses that can be built, it's just the, the we, 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 it's not, we don't, we are not able to scale that no. up just based on the, the underlying, uh, you know, the, the, the lack of, can you of prove that with it. the data though? Can you prove that with the supply? Like how, how have we <clears throat> over the last five years or even the last two or three years? Has, is there more properties well, on the market today, no. this time of year, or less? Uh, less. And actually, let's flip to those numbers. So let's just talk about Chicagoland in general. Please. Um, 2022, in January of 2022, we had 14,400. January 2023, 14,600. About the same. 2024, January 2024, we had 11,000. Wow. Uh, so that was a 24% decrease. That's in, a big decrease. So you also get... So you've got shortage of new construct or shortage of homes. The population didn't stop growing. No. But the number of homes being built did. So like right that right there is one. Number two, seventy percent of um, people in their homes have rates less than four percent. So they're married to that now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. say that again. Seventy percent. That's a huge number. Huge, and is so that, they're is married. Is that seventy percent of people who have loans? That doesn't yeah. take into account the percentage of people who own their homes outright, outright. which which is, yeah. you know, what the interest rate is on that, zero. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So seventy percent. So you've got people that are married to that rate, which I want to touch on, like what's going to happen soon when Please we do. get when we get rates that, that dip below that six percent mark, and probably just right below. Um, that's gonna that's gonna cause it's gonna shoot demand up, but it's also gonna gonna, wreak gonna, havoc. gonna put yeah, it's absolutely. gonna put more supply out there because you will have people that sell. are they finally know, will sell. They, finally, yeah. They do the math, and yeah, math being what it is. I mean, you know, uh, if you can if you can't qualify for a loan to buy the next place that you want to move into, you know, you 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 are sort of stuck. But you know, at, at the same time, um, I think that. I don't think this. I've talked to a number of people who are like, you know, I I could afford to move, but my rate is so low, I I can't justify it. And you know, as they have growing families, as they have shrinking families, um, you know, all of those things, they're eventually going to decide that living their life in a comfortable way it is more important than hoarding money. You got it. There's a whole psychology behind that for sure. That life happens, you know, and that's gonna. I mean, that's. Eventually, there's going to be some psychology to it, too. The third thing are people are just staying in their homes longer um, than they were before. So you've got those three factors that are contributing to all this. And that's why, again, I think our job is to educate the consumer to let them know. I mean, every every day I hear this. Every day I hear people's real estate theories, and I I try not to roll my eyes. Everyone's an expert, aren't they? Everybody's (laughs) an expert. And it's just like, well... You know. What is the average amount of time that people are staying in their home? I mean, I always thought it was seven to ten years, uh, and I'm hearing people tell me it's four to five years. We're, mm, we're, we're, and where are you getting that from? All right, so the data would show. Let me pull this up. Actually, the data would show that for a time period, I'm going to actually get really specific with this. For a time period, 
they would probably stay in about an average of seven years, but now you're seeing that bump up to actually more of the nine to 10 year mark. Okay. So they're just sticking around a little bit longer. Could that be because of the low interest rates we've seen over time? Maybe. But we, I mean, but I think that we're going to start to see some things changing here really soon. What but, are you hearing, Joey, when people are coming to you? You know, I mean, do you have no. a lot of people that have those two, 3% loans that are buying something I mean, else? It, it certainly exists. A lot of people that are in that situation to turn them into rental properties, if yeah. I'm being honest. I've uh, heard a lot of that. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's going to be uh, short-lived is, for most people, I think. <laughs> and, and it's only hurting it's it's only hurting new buyers right most of the, most of the people i talk to are first time home buyers right now because they weren't able to get in in 2020 2021 whatever and and now they feel the pressure right um, well the rents keep but, going up that's the funny thing it, about it you know oh yeah oh yeah and, and it's uh it's unfortunate it is what it is uh but i mean housing starts are so far behind demand i mean this this year alone they're, they're looking at what um additional demand of at least 4 million and housing starts in 2023 were only 1.4 million. I mean, you're not satisfying demand. You're, you're, you're two and a half million builds behind demand in 2023 alone. So it's, uh, and that's from the census bureau estimates, right? So I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, no. it's a wild time and yeah, sorry. I no, should be it's fine. Houses. I'm not trying to interrupt you. It's, it's, you know, I'm just trying to jump in with you. I mean, I think last year, a year and a half ago when, you know, people were getting rents in, like, let's say Lincoln Park. I think it's a very sought-after Wrigleyville area. You know, they were paying about a thousand dollars a bedroom. Now they're at fifteen hundred a bedroom. That's a fifty percent increase that comes up there. That's stupid. But what I are, mean, are you what, seeing the same thing? Or? Well, what are incomes? Do? I, don't, I don't know what's going on with rent. To be honest, I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't uh-huh. dip my toe in that market. But Fair. I mean, what's you, know, you? Yes, okay. I, you know, there's there's no disputing what the numbers are as far as that goes. Um, but I think you have to pair that up with what are people making. You know, it's you can't talk about rent or you know your monthly payment for a mortgage or really any of this without also talking about what people have coming in to pay for it. You know, you talked about having twenty four thousand dollars a year as an income and being able to afford being a homeowner. Obviously, you couldn't do that today, but if you took that twenty four thousand and turned it into a you know wage that a like person would be earning. That changes also the affordability of whatever that rent is, you know. And listen, I, I, if if I if someone said, "Hey, I, I need you to pay three grand a month to rent my place," I'd say, "Wow, well, I got to I got to move out." You know, I I've been in my place, you know, almost fifteen years, and um, you know, I have a mortgage that you know doesn't really change. So you know, as inflation goes up, uh, I just pay the same amount. It's pretty nice. Joey, are you seeing increases in income on averages? Uh, I guess I, I don't even know if he has. You know, stats I, on I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't even. I mean, I'd, I'd have to Google the stats on increases in income, right? Well, I mean, we see it in, in the in the economic reporting every month. I'll see when the next one comes out. But um, I look at everything as a percentage of income being used to buy a house, right? So I have seen that number go up. The percentage of income going towards your mortgage has been going up right, lately, right? Um, from when I used to see 20 to 25, 30% being the average amount, now I'm seeing usually 30s and 35, 40% of uh, someone's gross income being used for mortgage, right? So I that's that's how I view income. It's a percentage of your money that's going towards your mortgage, right? And that number has gone up in my anecdotal you know, evidence. <laughs> I love it. I got the same evidence. Beth, jump in on that. I mean, what are you seeing with with your clients are you seeing that more people are eligible for homes or they have to start looking at smaller oh you know homes because the prices are surpassing their income or vice versa yeah yeah i mean what you could afford before versus what you can afford now and it's just a sad state of affairs when you start maybe say you started your search a year ago and then thought to yourself oh it's it's gonna drop it's gonna drop and it didn't drop but What's going to drop the like prices, prices or the interest rates? Right, all of it, right? All of it. Okay. All of it. That's what they think, right? One in four consumers thinks that. Okay, that didn't happen. I, I mean, I, I hear this every day. So now they're they're now they're like now their backs are up against the wall. Now you're trying yeah. to take them out, and they're salty. They're already <laughs> in a multiple offer situation. They're yeah. super salty that once upon a time they could afford this this neighborhood, 
and now they're bumped back into another neighborhood. They don't really want to be there. The condition of the house is not what they want. They don't have the updates, blah, blah, blah. The school blah, district, blah. all school that School district, stuff. all of it. And so, like, it's a really hard sell. And it's really um, an interesting uh, progression to watch someone's, you know, just the downturn of, like, what their expectations were to, like, what they are now. They're not happy. Well, I, I mean— <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, they and then to what we were talking before, like now they have to like pay, right? So they're gonna for that even they're gonna pay more than they think, and then they feel away, you know, like during the entire transaction, and they're trying to get money on the back end. They're hoping the appraisal uh, doesn't come out all that, <laughs> like you know. It's just yeah, I mean, what you're what you're describing to me just sounds like brat behavior. It's like I want what I want, <laughs> and I don't like that. I can't get everything I want. It's like hey, you know. Hey, well, listen, but Charlie, Didn't, you said 18% interest rates once upon a time, so I, you got to jump was, in and tell him to quit crying. No, I'm not going to do that because <laughs> Patrick was describing me. I'm the guy over there whining about all that stuff. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and, you know, disagree with that. But it is true. Everything is relative. You know, I, I look at people that were paying $10,000 or more for Super Bowl tickets, or even in the nosebleed seats, they say they were paying close to $1,000 for those seats and stuff like They're that. Ridiculous. Well, but to somebody that makes $4 million a year, it's a $20 bill. All right? Everything is relative to what you make and what you can afford to spend. And, and I think that's where, you know, we as a society vary so much because we got a big range of income. And I know we're talking in generalities here. I get all that. Um, but you know, it, there's still the, there's still different markets, different price ranges, and people have different amount of money and what they think. You know, for example, we just did the, we just had a home inspection next door to President Obama's house. All right, and this is a chief financial officer. We're talking a two million dollar plus home. You know, beautiful place, and I'm doing the final interview with them, and he's like, "Yeah, we're we're stretching. You know, we're pushing it. It seems like." And I did this too. I, when I bought my first house, I bought as much as I could at that 18% interest rate. We were eating beans and potatoes for a year. I couldn't afford any sort of issues, and then my roof started leaking. Beans are very you know, healthy for you. They Charlie. are very healthy. It's a very Irish diet. Me. Or, or Mexican at the time. That's where we were, you know. But nonetheless, so the point I'm trying to get at, we were penny pinching at that time. But boy, did that work out because 10 years later, when we went to sell that house, we doubled it in value. You know, 100% of all of my expenses, I recapped. Even after we paid the real estate broker their commission, we ended up paying, we lived there for free for 10 years. Hmm. That's pretty amazing. That sounds a lot like what Beth was talking about earlier. And, you know, the other thing she talked about at breakfast was that, you know, we experienced and, you know, we're talking nationwide here. So you know, every locality is different, but 5% appreciation in 2023. And that same thing is expected for 2024. So, you know, if if you're all salty about, you know, you have to be in this neighborhood as opposed to that neighborhood, you know, is your alternative, I guess, renting somewhere else where, you know, you're basically sacrificing a 5% uh, return on an investment? I mean, I think most people would enjoy a 5% return on their investment, and it's an investment you get to live in. Speak me up, nice. the three of you. My thought process is this. If you're going to get a 2.5% raise, and yet the housing prices are going up 5 to 6%, you're losing money. Am I wrong on that statement? You are. Tell me why I'm wrong. If you get a two percent raise and you get a five percent return on on your investment, that's that. Those are both wins. How how are you how are you losing money in that in that? Because uh, my mortgage is going to go up five percent, but my income is only going up two and a half percent. How's your mortgage going up five percent in this scenario? Like it, it, so. Oh, I'm your, talking your about mortgage... if I'm not in the real estate market. I get oh, where you're yeah, coming okay. from. All now. Right. Yeah, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, me. I misheard you. I mm-hmm. I think. No, I yeah. misspoke. Yeah, right. if, if 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 you if if you have an opportunity, you know, if your housing situation is such that you know you'd like to make a change and you can afford to make that change, um, you know, for whatever your situation is, first time home buyer. But let's not forget that a lot of people who own homes have a ton of equity, and if they need to move up, they have the ability to increase that down payment, which is going to lessen the impact of that higher interest rate. I think you're going to see more than a few people. Make the decision. Hey, you know, I've I bought in 2020. I've got 
$150,000 worth of equity in my property. And so I have a, a sizable chunk of the proceeds can go toward the next house. So, you know, there's, let's, when we talk about the unaffordability of houses, we have to also consider the fact that sellers, there's two sides of that coin, right? There's the buyer side and they're like, you know, whining about not being able to afford what, you know, Zillow told they, told them they could afford, uh, you know, back in early 2022. I'm I, looking I for look, grins. Once that Zillow you. name gets uh, you know, I'm like, who's grinning? And, mm-hmm. you know, meanwhile, there's a person on the other side of that transaction who is, is you know, they're sitting on a pile of money. Um, so, you know, all of that goes back to the, you know, the idea that if you're sitting on the sidelines, you're not going to end up being that seller who has, who is sitting on that pile of money. Yeah. I mean, I think of it as a long game too, just like the numbers we were throwing out, the 10 years, 30 year. I mean... Some years are better than others. And some years are definitely better than others. But, you know, now as opposed to like 08, right? Because everyone's kind of fe- like, that's what I hear. That's the, what the, I hear all the, the time. The scars in my, yeah. in my psyche from yeah. 08, you know. This is a different scenario where when I was going on listing appointments before, you know, we were talking about it earlier. I was going, people were crying. Oh, eight. It happened more than once where I would bring them final numbers and net proceeds. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then we'd switch the conversation to short sale. Mm. Um, Now I'm talking about such massive amounts of equity. And they're like, wait, are you kidding? Like, you're kidding? Like, we're we we can make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like, I'm like the hero of the day, (laughs) you know, like so. that's And all you're doing is educating. Yeah. Imagine that. But I want to switch back a little bit on on some of that stuff and i actually just lost my train of thought (laughs) on on going in there but it has to do with the income and the prices and everything else that's coming with it and and again you know if average income and i guess when we go back to 2008 and i wanted that's where it was going one thing that people don't remember is our gas prices were at 400 or sorry four dollars and 25 cents a gallon all right and before 2008, we did have a big boom. And and I think that our society wants the most amount of square foot that they can get for whatever. So the biggest bang for the buck, the most value is how I look at it. And so I personally, like I used to live in Elmhurst and then we moved out to Plainfield, knowing that I would have a 45 minute drive to and from work back and forth on that, that was fine. Then all of a sudden, you know, gas prices went from two dollars to four and a quarter. And realize four and a quarter back then in two thousand eight is six dollars and fifty cents a gallon today. What do you think your life would be like driving at six dollars and fifty cents mm-hmm. a gallon today? That's what I know everybody blamed the banks and everything else. Joey, it's hundred percent your fault why two thousand eight happened. <laughs> you know, and I'm joking of course. Damn right. But <laughs> no. but nonetheless it's it's like people Food, water, shelter. You're going to pay for your mortgage if you can. You're going to go to work because you need money. You have to get to work, so you got to buy gas to get there. You know, none of this stuff actually works well. And then all of a sudden, you can't afford to get to work almost anymore. You're going to cut out the entertainment. That's going to be the first thing that's going to go. Those industries, they ended up getting laid off or getting pay cuts. And that's the other thing. When the economy goes down, People tend to lose their job, and then they have to take another job at a lesser pay, all right, instead of constantly things going up. Okay, I'm on the soapbox here. I got to shut myself up. Charlie I'm loves, getting all worked up he, on these sort of things. Uh, well, We're he, just not there is the point I'm trying to make. We have great gas prices, great unemployment, great salaries, you know, and there's still not enough houses out there. And the only thing I'm seeing is it's going to get expensive. Charlie, well, Charlie's over here driving an EV truck here talking about how, how gas prices are, <laughs> you know, a big problem. Uh, I do like that truck. I, it's a nice truck. Thank you. It's a nice <laughs> truck. I mean, nice you know, I, the dealership, you know, they did you right with it. Uh, never mind. We're going into trigger mode. I love just, you know, just pulling levers. Well, who to, are you anyway? Because I need to get your contact information, uh, Mr. String Puller. <laughs> If you, if you want me to trigger you, uh, follow me on Insta, on Instagram, Loftus underscore Law. If uh, you're, you know, younger than that, uh, follow me on TikTok at Loftus Law. I post all the time. Sounds good, Joey. Give us your contact, please. Yes, sir. You can call or text me at six three zero two three five two four zero five. Find me at thevaloanerd.com or all across any social media as at the VA Loan Nerd. 
Sounds good. And Patrick, don't forget what you were talking about. Oh, Beth, got, can you give us your content? I don't want to go after that. He's got a good like radio voice. Oh, doesn't he, does, he ever? Yeah. It's just so like fun. It is. Can I spice it? I'm Beth Rapto with Rapto Residential, 847-668-Beth. <laughs> Beautiful. Did I do it? All right. I love it. All right. Yeah, yeah. We're good. You got some future broadcasters in here. Cool. No lie. My name is Charlie Belfontaine, Chicagoland Home Inspectors. And our phone number is 312-544-9180. And if you're interested in joining the home inspection business, we do training. And that's Home Inspection University of Illinois. And that's www.hiuil.com. And Patrick, I interrupted you so rudely. No, you didn't. But continue on, please. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, the, what you described, um, you know, it feels kind of generational in the sense of talking about wanting, you know, the most square footage for, you know, the best value. I don't necessarily think younger generations have that same impulse to to buy as big a house as possible. I don't think so either. Number one, you know, I don't want to have to clean. I can barely clean our condo, um, you know, and, and the cat does nothing to contribute, I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, and, you know, and as far as the gas prices, I mean, look, Number one, I, I think that having, you know, for me, ha- having no commute is extremely valuable. It's it's one, it, it would be, you know, f- it'd be way toward the, the, the uh, it'd be very low on the list of things I'd be willing to sacrifice. Uh, you'd have to pay me a lot of money to have a commute of 45 minutes. I've done it. It's not great. It's not great for your life, your health, any of that stuff. Um, but the other thing is that, the United States, as opposed to 2008 and you know other times when uh, we had a lot of sensitivity to other countries that are able to pull levers in the oil and gas market, uh, today the United States produces more oil and gas than Very any country point. in the world. All right, and why do we? Why have we gone so not all in, but you know how, why have we? Uh, done as much as we possibly can to make that the case is so that we're, when when Saudi Arabia goes, hey, we're going to cut production. We go, hey, do what you okay. want. Yeah. Don't, don't care. You know, we we Thank you. we now we're, you know we're we're now the biggest player in that market. I mean, you know, that's not by accident. No. Um, you know, and that's going to continue to be the case. I mean, you know, Biden can, uh, campaigned a lot on you know uh, uh, promoting green agendas. Uh, but you know, we've, we've done nothing but continue to drill under, under him. You know, uh, l- let me just get, get political for a second. You know, I think he's done a great job. He's, he's my kind of guy in the sense that, uh, I get the vibe that he's a, more of a pragmatist, which is very much up my alley. You know, let's cut the, cut the BS. I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't say the words. Um, but yeah, so uh, the the, fa- the some of the foundational aspects of our economy are you know th- vastly different from 2008, and that goes to the point that Beth is you know really trying to to um, emphasize here to to the folks who think that we're going to experience another 2008. Show her the numbers. Show me the numbers. I don't see any numbers. You know, give show me uh, you know a side by side comparison of you know the the basic you know. Sh- what was unemployment? What, what did unemployment look like at that point? What does it look like today? Do we see any signs of unemployment going up? Oh, not really. Not not appreciably. Not to the levels that they were uh, at at that point. You know how many how many places still have help wanted signs in the window? Um, you know, and I know that that's you know t- differs depending on what industry you're in. But you know, again. You know, Beth. You know, tell me what what is it that these people are looking at that suggests and that they they have a rational basis for their opinion other than their feelings? TikTok. I, I know you're maybe on TikTok. That, no, you know, I mean, my TikTok. There's people are out there that are making yeah. these like claims and these posts, and these it's crazy. But like the sky is so that's falling. Yeah. Well, that's wild. Right. But there's no like source. There's, there's there's you, you know, know there's a whole subreddit of people who are you know they're. It's a, I can't say the word. But based on what? Like nobody. Feelings. Feelings. No economist is out there. And and the the resources that we're pulling from, they're like, it's a collective. 
It's not like it's just one resource. It's not like I'm just hanging on what Fannie Mae is saying. And, and it's Case Schiller reports. It's Fannie Mae reports. Mm-hmm. It's like Goldman Sachs reports. It's ever. It's a collaboration. Not one of them is saying that the interest rates are going to continue to go up. Yeah. Not kind one of, of them. Like me, you're a little bit of a data nerd. A little All bit. right, a little bit, and and I'm not giving you that as a negative thing. Please don't take. I don't it take way. it as a negative. Being a nerd is awesome. <laughs> Being a nerd is awesome. I mean, she she called you herself know? that before, you know. So yeah. I mean, I don't think you're out of line, you know. So here's you. the real thing. How do you pride. talk to your? Do you well? I, let me ask you first. Do you do more sales, more more list, more list, more list? Right. What? Give me a percentage. Uh, we're like 70 30. 70 30. Okay, so it's not too yeah, far so off. So how do you talk to somebody? about pricing and yeah. about you know what to expect. I mean, expectations is the strongest word in yeah. my business vocabulary. Well, let's take all of the data Give that me we some. just talked about and boil it down yeah. to like when I walk in the door and talk to somebody. And it goes a little something like this. Hey, well, what do you think we should fix? Should we make this improvement? What do we need to do from an inspection standpoint? And I know the data so well that I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, you know, we're going into 2024. In my in my little baby town of Cary, which population eighteen to twenty thousand, we had fifteen oh, homes yeah. on the market. Oh yeah, listen to Joey. Fifteen <laughs> sounds 15 like the high sea guy. Homes. The so, high sea. What are you talking about? That's Kool Aid. Kool Aid. I stand corrected. <laughs> come on, come on. It's, I, it's one of wall. those. Just like Trump and Biden, I'm having my senior moment too. Oh my god. All right, at thirty nine, oh, hit the easy. malarkey oh. button. Hit the malarkey. Hit the come malarkey. On. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's Come. a bunch of malarkey. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone to use it. Okay. And then, you know, I'll get them all right now, you know. And that, yeah, we get them all in there. I need, right. I need one Goofy. Come one on. Goofy? On. All right, he's right there. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's it. Is. All my sound effects are done for the day now. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's all the best. Um, okay. Uh, so, okay. So when we're advising them, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's 15 houses for sale in this whole town. There's no, you're con- competing against no one. Let's back it up. Let's just take care of major inspection items. We don't need to talk about changing out your faucets mm-hmm. and, you know, painting this room and that room unless it's just an obnoxious color. I mean, we're really scaling back, and yet we're most of the time able to give that, get them the same price that, you know, without doing much. Now, if this was so seven or eight, different stories, mm. massive levels of competition. But when I'm going into talking about someone, I know the data so well, so we can back off all the things that they need to do. They're not replacing carpeting, they're cleaning the carpet. You know, they're not painting every room, they're painting a room, if that. You know, but when you know the what the for, future forecast is, if you know that the rates are gonna drop, if you know that housing, you have a massive housing shortage and you're starting to make recommendations for someone, I am so much backing off. And when of, you're talking about 15 houses, you also have to split that down to smaller stuff, like stuff that's under 200,000, oh, two to four, four to eight, 100%. over a million. So of the 15, in the three are not even, three are like future spec homes. One is an auction. Like, no. Yeah, there's I, a big there's range for what everybody wants Yeah, and, and stuff like that. And Joey, how does that come into you? Do you share... I guess you don't. You're you're more or less tell people how much they could afford, and then. But I know you get into coaching on overbuying houses. I I know you're like me. You can't stay quiet on that, Joe. Yeah, well, no, I just uh, I tell people, hey, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Right at the end of the day, my job is to make you happy, but I'm also going to warn you how much you're going to hate me in a couple of years if you do what you say you want to do. So. I absolutely coach up on that because I, I don't want you to hate me. I want you to tell your mom how much you love me, you know. And if, if I'm letting you extend yourself so much that, you know, next thing you know, I don't want to say your house poor because there's going to be equity in the market. But you feel like you have to sell and downsize within a year or two. You're not going to be happy with me and you probably won't come back to me. And I think that boils down thought. to my lawsuit against Shakespeare for him stealing my reputation, reputation, reputation comment. All right. I can't believe that guy plagiarized me. Um, but that's beside the point. Patrick, does that come into play on you, too? Or? We're going to have to explain you know, that inside <laughs> joke to Beth because she's like, what is he talking about? We'll, we'll talk after the show. Uh, did they manage to have the uh, ski jump festival? I know we have, we have like, no... Uh, how, how did they do? They did? They did. 
rollerblade ski jumps. I, I think. I, we, we went last year. We missed it this year. I think we were uh, on it's vacation. Good time. Thanks for giving the Fox River Grove a shout out. It's a really good time. I'll tell you, what, I'm mad. at So I, I grew up out that way. And I'm mad that my folks never took me to it because it is a party. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a ski jump. That, you asked me a question. And I don't care. I'm like, I, I don't care. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> hey, my uh, toes are up. Go. The, no, the, if, <laughs> if, you, if you're interested in a good time, that sounded weird. Yeah. Um, I think I read this on the bathroom wall. 668 Beth. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. We went down the wrong avenue. You know what? This is my fault. I take take full responsibility for my actions. Um, You know, Beth said what she said. That that wasn't on me. um, Just kidding. No, but in in January, um, in most years, they have a ski jump festival out in Fox River Grove, and it is a lot of fun. So if you're out that way or feel like you want to make it out that way, it's a cool time. What were you, what'd you ask me? How, has, how does... about buyers and expectations and prepping them. I know you come in a little bit later, but, you know, it, it's that keyword expectations on what you can and cannot do. And yeah. it, it's letting people run wild is the I mean, they've already, just take over. They've already made that mistake if they uh, overpaid by the time they get to me. Now, you know, <laughs> most buyers feel like they overpaid, right? I mean, it just... Even in soft markets, right? They they feel like, you know, they, as we as we mentioned earlier, everyone thinks they're an expert in real estate. Everyone thinks they're really awesome at negotiation that they're going to get one over on the other guy. But I, I got news for you: the other guy thinks the same thing about themselves. Yeah. So you know, you're going to sit there, you're going to be like, yeah, I got him, and then you're going to offer, and they're going to go, no, no, and then they're going to counter at something, and you're like, no way, I, I could not. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to feel like you pay overpaid by ten grand, and the seller feels like they're going to they, that they sold undersold by ten grand, and and now it arrives on my desk, and you know, now you know we're talking about what happened in the at the inspection, and you know, at that point. Each transaction has its own characteristics. Um, the buyer and the seller are each their own person, um, you know. It, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna have discussions between me and the buyer, uh, me and the buyer's agent. If I'm on the other side, we're gonna talk to to the seller, um, and then the seller's agent. But the things I'm trying to find out at that point are what were the discussions like before the contract was entered into? Because if I don't have that context, I may send a ham-handed letter that is trying to renegotiate something that the parties already settled on you know the roof's old okay so you know we're, we're going to take five grand off the price and now i've gone through the inspection and the inspectors identified the old roof and i go well let's ask you know yeah, let's, let's ask get another for, 20 let's ask them for a new roof right. and the buyer goes yeah that sounds great because you know what? What are what else are they going to say? The, you know, the, the you lawyer, the lawyers advising mm-hmm. them that they can ask for a roof. And, uh, your and, collaboration between the inspector and the agent is key. Yeah, and and then you know, if I don't call Beth and go, hey, you know, they're talking about a roof. You know, what happened pre, uh, you know, pre contract? And she goes, yeah, we we went back and forth on that like. 10 times or we were in multiple offers just don't even try you you know let's don't even try to ask you just go for the very 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 you know the very most important thing on there but we can't we're we'll jeopardize this they're sitting on backup offers so just we but as long as we have that conversation and we're both in alignment with that and we can both advise the same way but a lot of agents will just go and leave it up to the attorney um, why? And they don't know any context of like what was negotiated, why it was negotiated that way. Some of these people too, to your point, like some of them have already lost a couple times in these multiple offer situations. If they're in that, they're coming up a little Not, beat up and bruised too. And now they're a little more desperate. And so they don't want to lose a deal. So like I've seen stuff happen where like we just get these like shoddy attorney letters coming through. Not from you. No, never from me. Never from you. But like we'll just get a letter <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like why? Like do they not know that their client was already in a multiple offer situation and they're ta- yeah. we're talking about like minuscule multiple. I'm not going to bring up loose toilets cuz you already schooled uh, on me that I'm uh, sorry yeah, that. I beat anybody but but here's I want to get back to that why are we even letting the attorney deal with this stuff you know why isn't the real estate broker being in there Patrick's I mean, giving me the you mean letting guy. the attorney hear me out you know for a minute it's everything has to do and you guys just said it the amount of leverage that the buyer has or the seller has. And 
if they don't have that leverage, and I know I learned this from you, Patrick, that if you, once you go ahead and negotiate or open up for this inspection thing, it's not just the inspections that you're talking about. It's the entire agreement. True or false? I mean, it, you know, regardless of, of what the lawyer puts in their letter, uh, you know, this is not considered a counteroffer and we can withdraw it at any point. Uh, that is a meaningless uh, sentence because the con- the contract is very clear that those those are those constitute I'm talking about the 7.0. Yeah. It constitutes a counteroffer. And you know, a counteroffer is <laughs> it really uh, when you talk about counteroffer in a legal perspective, a counteroffer is, you know, it basically means you don't have an agreement. You don't have a contract. And the contract is clear that if you're unable to reach an agreement on either the attorney review or the inspection items, e- either party can walk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that the, the contract really is, it's, it's still pretty open at, at, at that point. Now, you asked a question, why don't agents take yes. more, uh, why don't they? <laughs> initiative. Well, sure, take more initiative in it. Some agents do. Some agents do. I'll, I'll Very get, fair. I, I, and not that many, not enough. If I was an agent, I would I would rather be, if not the spearhead of that negotiation. I want to be integral in that negotiation. I I have no problem. I, you know, I can I can I have the ability to set my ego aside when I get from an agent. Here's a contract. I'm in talks with the other agent on on the inspection stuff. Hang tight. I'll let you know when we reach an agreement. And then they send me over the agreement. It makes my job easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do I have to overcomplicate it by saying that's nice? Point. Let, let me talk to the buyer and find out what they really want. It's like no. Why? Why on earth would I do that? More agents should do that. My point. That should be, uh, you know, let, let's normalize agents being more involved in the inspection mm-hmm. negotiations, but but like a, they do in other states. But that's more of the the education portion of it. I know when you go through real estate school to become an agent. I think it's like 45 minutes where they talk about the home inspection process where it comes with it. That's your job. And it's, it's <laughs> no, I'm talking about to get your license in real estate. And, and Beth, I need your support on this one. Why am I getting, and, and again, I do most of my marketing direct to consumers. All right. I do have some very valuable real estate relationships. And these are very ethical agents. I'm very proud of them all. All right. But I still get a lot of direct-to-consumers where they're working with agents that they don't trust, so they don't use the the real estate agent's inspector. They use me, all right? And then they're asking me whether or not they should ask for those repairs that come in there. And I have the tough time, and I, I think I got it down pat, where, you know, I tell them, I said, I don't know the value of your home or that you're buying. I don't know how many other buyers there are. I don't know how many other listings there are that are available in that area. I don't know how bad they want to sell or how bad you want to buy. You know, there's too many, um, what's the word I'm looking for, variables Mm -hmm. that I just don't know. And if I try to tell you or give you that kind of advice, I'm way too ignorant. I can't do that. And no disrespect to attorneys, Patrick, but I believe you're just as ignorant as I am on those things. I say that to my clients all the time when they go, well, yeah. you know, hey, should, should I move forward with this? And I'm like, look, I, I don't, all of the things you just said, I say to them, I don't know those aspects of it. I am, you know, when I can only assume that the price that you and the seller arrived at is what the house is worth, right? Because that's how a market is meant to operate, you know, it's uh, something is worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it now. So Beth, um, Coach, we are, we are running short, and that's why I'm interrupting on Patrick. Mm-hmm. I do this to him all the time. So rude. I know. Coach, coach real estate agents right now. Yeah. Give them the message about how the expectations should be for their clients so that you could give them, whether it's buy or sell site. I don't give yeah. a Yeah. I mean, you have to understand, <clears throat> we'll go back to the all of these data points, right, because I'm such a dork. It's like understand the month supply of inventory, understand the actual level of competition, and that all trickles down to the two inspection items and two how to handle it through an attorney review process. If it's if it's, it's such a competitive, you know, we're talking about a ton of demand for one house, and we and easily we've got a couple backup offers, and just like you said, if we could terminate if we could terminate the contract as a listing agent right out of the gates, if we feel like if we just even get the hint, if I even get the hint 
that a realtor starts to come at me with like, well, you know, they like the house, but they noticed blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't know about, I don't know about these people. I don't know. I want to hear like, I love this house. I love this house so much and I want this house. And then I'm going to tell you like, hey, don't send anything in a letter that is going to jeopardize this because, you know. And you know, you know which agents are going to are going to do that. And you know, by the way, that is going to have an impact on whether you, as a buyer, win that multiple offer situation. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Average lifespan of a real estate agent is less than two years. Be hey, careful. Be careful. Be mindful who you hire. It five, matters. Five hundred thousand active listings in the U.S. One point six million realtors with the National Association of Realtors. That's a lot of what was that percentage about? How many real estate agents did not do one? Ninety eight percent did less than eight deals. I love seeing, and, and I'm going to go realtor bashing right now. Mm-hmm. I love Boy. seeing when people put I'm in the top five percent. You know, but if you look up their numbers, oh. you you use you, you had six transactions. You know, but that's and, still. Qualified. Top 5%. So there you go. Six transactions is a top five percent. Yeah. You know, and I and I'm just like, Ugh. and you know? and there's still more people that there's still so many people out there that go, I could do that. Really? Can you? <laughs> right. I love watching and, HGTV. And, and don't get me wrong, I firmly believe that everybody can do every job. You just have to I have know. the passion to learn how to do it right, and you got to want to do it right. If you do that part, and you really care about your clients. You know, you're right. Anybody can do it. But if you think it's a get-rich-quick scheme and all you got to do is unlock a door and put some blanks on a piece of paper, you're in for an unpleasant surprise and you're going to be one of those statistics. And, and don't forget, you, know, you think you think that you can compete with these people. These people are good at Very what good. they do. The good and ones are. If, or they're really bad, too. Well, the numbers suggest that the, you know, the ones that have the lion's share of the market are good. And do you think they're going to let you come in and take even a no. little bit of their business? They can spare it. They can spare it. They won't. They won't. Patrick, we're going to close everything up real quick. How do people get hold of you, please? Oh, follow me on Instagram, Loftus underscore law. Follow me on TikTok, Loftus law. I'm funny. Does does Naya T. Cat, is that TikTok or is that Facebook? She's on She's on, <laughs> she's on Instagram. I, you know, I, I'm pretty intermittent about. You know, I, I've I've got a lot of things I'm posting on different accounts, and you know, <laughs> when I when I feel inspired to put my kitty cat Naya T cat uh, Naya dot T dot cat on Instagram, um, you know, she's she's a little. We call her the little stinker. Now I'm the you know nerd here going ahead and talking about the cat's Insta page. Joey, how do they get hold of you? Please and thank you. <laughs> Why? You can find me at thevalonenerd.com. You can follow me across all the social medias as at the VA Lone Nerd. You could call or text me at 630-235-2405 or email me at show at thehomebuyershour.com. Devin, I need to have a request for you, and thank you for producing the show. I need some sexy 80s saxophone music <laughs> on the um, on the soundboard so that when Joey does his little, you know, like, I'm the VA Lone Nerd. <laughs> Um, you know, we can play it in the background. He is like Frank, Just Frank Sinatra, request. isn't he? Just a He's request. got that golden voice. I'd say like the stuff. beginning of I'm Never Gonna Dance Again, you know, like that, <laughs> that, that Zach's yes. lead-in right there. Devin, you have your assignment. Oh my All right, I'm going to be real quick because we are running out of time. No, we're not. My name is Charlie Belfontaine with Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Beth, if you don't mind, please give us your contact information. 847-668-2384. And your website? Uh, RaptaResidential.com. Repeat that, please. RaptaResidential.com. Sounds good. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And if I did get a little bit worked up, well... Tough cookies. It's my show. I get to get worked up. Gas so prices is... are too high. <laughs> <laughs> WCPT AM820, where the facts matter. Thank you again.